Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Whatever time you are checking in with our players only, a very unique players only show this week. It's a holiday week. People will be checking in and listening in, maybe getting over the trip to pan high and the belly's full, hands in their belt, yep. waist, and all that good jazz <laughs> that happened this week. But the main thing. Before we get to the Thanksgiving, we had a Raiders week that we were successful here in the Chiefs kingdom. Hello, I am Danon Hughes, my partner Joe Mays here, and we are players only. Players only in the building. We have been doing this for three seasons. For all of those that have not checked in or heard our show, it's usually just a roundtable of players in we're involving Joe Mays, myself, sometimes Sean Barber graces us with his presence, and we just chop it up about all sports on the field, off the field, things that are happening in society, whatever the hot topic is. So Players Only is back. We are just in a podcast version this week due to the holiday, so you won't hear us locally, but we are still coming to the airwaves, and we got a lot to talk about with this recent Chiefs win. Yes, Chiefs. Raiders last week, Raider week after a bye, building up to this clash on Sunday night football, and we got everything that we wanted, whether you were just a football fan, heck, maybe if you're just a Raider fan, you might have wanted the win, obviously, but we got really, really good football, and we're going to talk about that more as we get through this show, but first... U.S. Bank is one of our sponsors. U.S. Bank, our friends at U.S. Bank, whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. We appreciate all of our partnerships out there, and through the holidays, we'll be going in and out of the airwaves based on our Thursday night normal show. But, Joe, getting back to the matter at hand, the Raiders, Raiders week, first leading up to the Raider game. I don't know about you, but I felt a little different during mm-hmm. the week. I felt like, I mean, I guess you can ask my wife. I I, I was a little bit off, you know, and I wouldn't say I was back to my playing days, but I felt a little bit twisted about leading up to this Raider game because the Raiders were much better. It pains me to say that, that they were a much better team than they have been in the past, and they're just a good team overall. But leading up to it, I just felt a certain way waiting for it to come. The Raiders, they, they tend to bring that out of you. They bring the worst out of you. We talked about that before. <laughs> yes. And so yeah, I think everyone kind of felt a little a little off. Uh, everyone was a little mad, a little upset, and just had some type of anger issues for the whole week, whether it was, you know, they could be walking their dog, and the dog just so happened walks in front of them, which my dog does, and trips me up, and it just makes me upset. But you know what? I think at the end of the day, um, like I said before, the Raiders, they bring that, that, that type of mentality out of you. 
so I think it's normal for yourself and and for everyone that's that's across Kansas City. Yeah, I mean uh, the Chiefs' kingdom, the rivalry is back, mm-hmm. uh, and it's back in aces. And when you consider what the Chiefs or what the Raiders were able to accomplish in Week Five, right here at Arrowhead Stadium, came in, uh, we played. I would say probably a C. Grade C type of game. Mm-hmm. They played a grade A type of game, and they were still only able to win by eight points. Now, a win is a win, doesn't matter how many points. But I think they were feeling themselves a little bit too much after the game. They took the victory lap around Arrowhead Stadium. Word got back to this team. And I think for a lot of people in the Chiefs' kingdom, we couldn't wait for the rematch. Yeah. You, you couldn't wait for it to happen. And uh, leading up to it, I think a lot of people expected a blowout. And, you know, when your emotions get involved and you feel like you're slighted or disrespected, you think because on the Pop Warner level, high school level, AAU level, or what have you, that it, that automatically equates to a blowout. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see that, although it probably wouldn't have been really, really good football or captivating football. But this is the NFL. Yeah. Blowouts don't always happen. There's so much parity in the league. And as I said earlier, as much as it pains me, truly, truly pains me to say the Raiders are a good football team. Two things I I don't think I would have said in my recent life was pandemic and Raiders are a good football team. You just don't normally say those words or we haven't said them since pretty much Rich Gannon was the quarterback taking them to the Super Bowl. And, uh, But they're a good football team, and they stepped up to the challenge, and even with all of that extra emotion and, uh, you know, the the buildup with the bye week and the slight and the slap in the face with the victory lap and the trash talk, they stepped up. Yeah, they did. You know, I thought – I thought it was going to be a different game, especially when, you know, leading up to the game, you hear about all these guys that may potentially miss the game. And it looked like it was the entire starting defense – so it, it made you wonder, okay, well, if the entire starting defense is going to be out for the Raiders, is this really going to be a good game? Because at the end of the day, I don't want to go and see the replacements going there True. and try, you know, to play a football game. As much as you want to win, you want yeah. it, yeah. I mean, as much as you want to win a game, you want you want to see a, comp- a competitive game, especially when it's on Sunday night. Um, but you know what? Like we just like we've been talking about, man. The Raiders, they are a really, really good football team. I think they're surprising some people this year by the way that that they can come out. First off, let me start off with David Carr. Talk Derek. about res- Derek Carr. Yep. Yeah, excuse me, Derek Carr. David was his brother. He played. He played for the Houston Texans. He was a first overall draft pick, yep. first draft pick ever for the franchise. Um, but Derek, but uh, Carr, this guy is. I think he resurrected his career currently. Oh yeah, uh, and and you can tell by the game yesterday. I mean, it was back and forth. When was the last time you seen a back and forth Raiders Chiefs game? True. It's been a long time. Yeah. And and when it comes to Derek Carr, I mean, I think he completed his first what was it, 10, 11, passes. 12 passes. Yep. Yeah, he was and and you know what, he was controlling the offense. He had those guys moving, he had those he had those guys rolling. They was in good sync all game long. Um I think when you start off with them, you start with him just because of him being able to carry that team like he did yesterday. I think the future is bright for this team, and yeah. if they and if he continues to play as as well as he's playing, continue to be you know that extended version of John Gruden out there on the field, I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna surprise some people. Yeah, I was very impressed with Derek Carr. Another thing I wouldn't think I would ever say 
in 2020. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, he stepped up. And from the get-go, the Chiefs won the toss. They deferred to the second half. The Raiders got the ball, drove the field seamlessly, yeah. and scored a touchdown and jumped on the board. And I thought that was impressive in itself. He was very comfortable in the pocket. Unfortunately, throughout the game, he was not touched, was not hit no. by the Chiefs, just like in the first matchup, which I think is something – that has to be addressed by the chief. And we'll talk about that and improvement opportunities and areas for this chief's team, but impressive that they came out against a team that was high emotions, uh, no fans in the stands. No fans. Yeah. Uh, basically you got to self generate all your energy uh, to go out there on the field and perform. Uh, you don't get anything from the home fans. You don't get anything from the, the way fans, fans yeah. to shut them up. There's a lot of incentive that happens with fans in the stands that the Raiders uh, in regards to their home games, they're not going to experience their first year in Las Vegas. And he came out and did his thing. Uh, yeah. At the end of the halftime or at the end of the first half, you know, they had 14 first downs. They ran 30 plays, 233 yards. I mean, he was 13 of 16 at that point for 183 yards, and they were winning 17 to 14. Yeah. So, yeah, the way you want to start a game against the defending Super Bowl champs is exactly how they were able to accomplish it. Uh, I don't think that they punted the ball in the first half. If they did, it was only one time yeah. in the first half. And um, so they pretty much controlled the tempo of the game, did exactly what they wanted, and, and put the Chiefs back on their heels just a bit. So, yeah, you're right. Derek Carr did a great job. He, the, the running game with Josh Jacobs, the offensive line protecting – very, very impressed with the middle of the offensive line. They had some injuries. Trent Brown was out of the game. Yep. They're a great right tackle. Uh, but Rodney Hudson in the middle of that offensive line is the anchor. He's one of the best, if not the best, centers in the game. And to me, he showed that last night. Oh, yeah. Being able to, to take his two bookends uh, at guards and handle Chris Jones and Derek Noddy in the middle of that defense to the extent that they did. Uh, I don't think you can really stop Chris Jones. He may he did wreak some havoc, but not as much as you are accustomed to seeing. And uh, they kept Derek Carr clean again. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think this is one of those cases where you don't question why the defense haven't been able to get pressure on Derek Carr all night long. I think you more so give props to the to the uh, Raiders' offensive line led by Rodney Hudson, like we, like you're speaking about. Um, I know on air, you know, watching the game, they said this was the best blocking O-line the Raiders have had in recent years. And it definitely showed last night. They kept Derek Carr protected. And and the great thing about Derek Carr is he was he was comfortable in that pocket, whether it was tight, whether he had a, a, a ton of room in the back. He just sat back there real comfortable, and he was able to survey the field, and he, he picked his poison, really. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he had his choices on whether he wanted to go, you know, in the mid-game or whether he wanted to dump it off and let, you know, his athletes uh, make some plays. I think – he just really made some good decisions, and, and it starts off with, the, with him having that time uh, with his O-line, giving him that, that opportunity. Yeah, the Raiders are versatile, and, and I say that because leading up to this game, they had run for over 190 yards in the last three games. 190-yard yep. average uh, in the last three games. And then they're able to, amidst that, they're running for over 190-plus yards and Derek Carr is not really asked to do a much, and he's thrown for under 200 yards in most games, just mm -hmm. not really throwing any interceptions. Came into the game yesterday throwing uh, just two interceptions on the season. 
And then to have, when I say versatility, to have the ability to flip it. And they did not run for 100 yards, which is a, a testament to the Chiefs defense and the adjustments that Steve Spagnuolo made with their Chiefs defense and the linebackers stepping up, as you can, you can probably attest to more so than me. But then be able to flip it to the point of putting the weight on Derek Carr's shoulders and protecting him to the point where he's able to survey the field and, and carve up the Chiefs defense yeah. in, in a lot of respects. So I, that, to me, that's what makes the Raiders – a little bit more of a scary team than we've become accustomed to saying and seeing because they have shown, just like the Chiefs last year, the last two years, they can become two-dimensional at the drop of a dime and affect other teams' plans and game plans, and you have to be able to be willing and have the personnel to adjust on the fly Mm -hmm. because they can go from a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker to – throwing the ball over the lot and stretching the field with Henry Ruggs and Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, they sure can. I mean, and I think, you know, now that teams are starting to figure out what the Chiefs like to do, they, they want to keep them off the field as much as possible. So, you know, time of possession, you hear people talk about it. You know, sometimes it plays a role, sometimes it doesn't. But I think when you're playing against the Chiefs, you always want to, you want to, you want to have control of the ball. You want to force the Chiefs to play your style of football, and that's, that's what the Raiders tried to do yesterday. Yeah. They I mean, you know, they came out and they were a balanced offense. They were running the ball. They was getting, you know, a couple yards here and there. You know, but Derek Carr was able to make some plays, dumping it off to his receivers, you know, uh seeing them midfield. I mean, you know, he was able to do a couple things where he was he had that defense on their heels a little bit. Um so it 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 I'm you know what I'm I'm surprised. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely surprised by the way they came out and they played because they're normally not this balanced. And they normally don't, you know, don't really show that they can, you know, be able to go back and forth with the top tier teams, and they and they definitely showed that yesterday. So for all the listeners out there that tune in to players only, one of the aspects of this show that was kind of part of the brain trust in getting us going about three years ago was some insight to the game that maybe you may not hear or take into consideration uh, during the during the year during your listening of other radio broadcasts or watching on TV. It is just us players here in the studio seeing the game differently, not better, but differently than most fans. We can watch a play based on all the history of film watching and coaching and being being in the midst of that fight. We can see a play and see a whole bunch of stuff that's different than what most people see. Mm-hmm. doesn't make us better. doesn't make it more fun. Sometimes it actually makes it more frustrating for us as former players to watch a game because I don't know about you, Joe, but some there have been times in the past where I just didn't enjoy football right. because I was still in the diagnosis mode. I was still in the, the film study. I'm watching a game sitting on my couch, and I felt like I was in a meeting room uh, back when I was playing. Yeah. You're seeing everything happen from the all-22 angle or behind uh, when you're the end zone angle. For you, probably the end zone angle is probably more proficient as a former linebacker. You're seeing all what the offensive linemen are doing, what gaps the linebackers should hit, what they shouldn't do, how they're taking on blocks, Mm -hmm. all of these technical things that I don't think very many fans even care about or would even know or notice if they watched a game. So from that perspective, I want to tackle uh, some of those, those idiosyncrasies in the game, some of the extras that maybe the general fan out there may not ever see, but we happen to see. So for me, there were a couple things. Uh, 
Part of the reason why the offense was very proficient for the Raiders early on in the game is because contrary to what we have seen in recent weeks from the Chiefs on the defensive level, it did not seem like we were very physical with them at the line of scrimmage. And when you say physical, the first thing people think of is physicality within the box. Offensive lineman versus defensive lineman. Linebackers, their front seven versus your running back and your offensive line and tight end. But I'm actually looking at the wide receivers. Mm -hmm. We have two of the stronger, bigger, can be potentially more physical corners in the NFL. Uh, they, they're they not the star power guys like you would hear of on other teams, but they have been known to be very physical, uh, and they like it. There they are two. The tandem are probably of the top three tandem tacklers at corner in the league, and you can look up the stats. Um, I, I am on the call with Mitch Holtis for the Chiefs radio broadcast each game, and I'm writing down all my notes during the week. And each and every week when we're playing against, I'm writing notes for the opponent. Mm-hmm. I'm writing my notes for the Chiefs. And each and every week, our numbers for our safety and corner play as far as tackling and playmaking is higher than the opponent. Just seems like that. It's, you know, it's not any bias. It just seems that way. Yeah. So I was, so, I was surprised that I didn't see very many hands around the throat at the line of scrimmage, <laughs> cho- trying to choke guys. And, and if you go back and question this, go back and check out the Buffalo Bills game. Check out what the Chiefs did the week after the Raiders game. Week six, they went to Buffalo. And tell me if Stephon Diggs and those wide receivers didn't have a hard time getting off the line of scrimmage. Now, the weather was a factor, but yet they were willing to stick their hand up in jaws and in the throats of the receivers to disrupt the timing mm-hmm. and to impose their physicality. And I was surprised that with uh, a, a rookie in Her- Henry Ruggs with Nelson Aguilar who can stretch the field that we seem to be content with turning and running with them yeah. and trying to shadow them versus – trying to stop them and jam them at the line of scrimmage, which, as you know from a defensive perspective, that helps the pass rush. Yeah. Because if you disrupt their timing, if you make the receiver have to take a, a second off the line of scrimmage just to get a release, that's one more second that your pass rush has to get to Derek Carr. And that didn't happen. I, you know, I think they was expecting the pass rush to get there yesterday, which is why they, what, they didn't have the corners pressing or yeah. choking or doing anything like that. Um, and plus, you know, you run the risk when you have those corners jamming, you run the risk of them getting beat deep. Getting beat. And I think that was the fear. Yeah, that was the fear for sure. I mean, you know, it's, it's only so much you want, you know, the Honey Badger to be deep field, center field. Like you want him playing close to the box because he's able to he's able to read the quarterbacks and make some plays, um, especially when the quarterbacks like to dink, dink and dunk. So you want him to be free and allow him to play ball. Um so, you know, I mean, they, they don't want to put those corners in those vulnerable positions to, you know, be up jamming. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like you talked about, you know, being able to stretch the field, that long game, that long speed, rugs, Aguilar, those guys, they can run. And Waller, too, at the tight and, end. And Waller He's at like tight end, He's like a big wide too. receiver. Absolutely. And you've seen that. You've seen that when he caught the pass and he ran away from um, Dan. Yeah. Dirty Dan. I mean, you know, those guys, they're very athletic. So, 
I mean, of course, you you may want to press him just to throw, you know, timing off. But at the end of the day, you don't want to run the risk of pressing. And, you know, the corner just so happened, you know, slip his hand, his hand slips off the body. And now he's losing three, three or four yards. That three or four yards is pretty huge. Off that's, to the races, that's huge. Yes. Because at the end of the day, all the receiver has to do is, is catch the ball and stride. And it's off to the races. Yep. Now, I'm pretty sure, you know, the Raiders, they, they, they're going to take their receivers over our corners any day when mm-hmm. it comes to speed being able to run, which is why they went out and they got these quick, fast corners to compete with the Chiefs because the Chiefs, I mean, we all know how how explosive their receivers are. Exactly. So, you know, Oakland, they're trying to find their guys that that's kind of sim- that's kind of similar, uh, comparable, so that they can go out there and play that style of football. Yeah, Joe, you hit the nail on the head because uh, uh, Mike Mayock, John Gruden, they made it publicly known through the draft and free agency in 2020, that they were trying to match the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. They were trying to assemble a unit that they can compete with the Chiefs. And you give them credit, one, for recognizing the greatness of the Chiefs and uh, versus denying it probably like the Chargers and the the Broncos did. But two, being able to accomplish that. They go out and get Nate Kwiatkowski at the linebacker position, Corey Littleton at the linebacker position. What are those guys? Not really big names, but they're fast. Yeah. They are fast linebackers. They're not thumpers. They go out and they they have Jonathan Abram in the draft to uh, not this year but last year. That guy, uh, Cleveland Farrell, yeah. in that draft as well. So they Max are Crosby. getting guys. They go get Don't Crosby, Max Crosby, yeah, Max Crosby really as well. Six sacks going into the game last night. Uh, you have also offensively. You go and get Nelson Aguilar, another speed receiver that can stretch the field. He was a cast off. Yeah, a cast off. Yep. Partly because he drops the ball, yep. which he did last he night. Did. They, yeah, so, he sure did. So uh, the tag somewhat fits, I guess. Yep. Uh, and then you're able to get Josh Jacobs at the running back position. You have assembled basically almost an identical team to the Chiefs offensively and defensively, except for the quarterback position. True. That's really, I mean, if you look at it lineup by lineup, you can see very, very many similarities to the Chiefs, except that you don't have Patrick Mahomes. That's true. And that it was the turning point of the game last night. So you, as much as it pains us in Chiefs Kingdom, we have to give credit to the Raiders because they were able to give us fits and play us as tightly as any other team has pretty much played us, especially in two games this season. And the Chiefs were victorious, and we'll take the win. I did see some other things on the offensive side. Uh, again, our perspective from players only, being in the locker room, watching the film. Offensive line play for the Chiefs did a great job. Not an outstanding job, but they did a great job, a very good job. We rushed for over 100 yards, 108 yards to be exact, and the protection for Patrick Mahomes was drastically different than in the first matchup against the Raiders and probably in recent weeks. Mm -hmm. When he he was flushed from the pocket, it was almost like he chose to flush flush from the pocket. the right side of the offensive line did an amazing job sure in the run game and pass game. They did an outstanding job of run blocking down the field. Uh, you're getting Mike Remmers, who had to fill in for Mitchell Schwartz at the right tackle. Yep. A great job handling his business on that right side. Eric Fisher on the left side was hobbled during the game, and yet he still had to hold off Max Crosby and did an admirable job mm-hmm. considering in the middle – uh, Austin Ryder, Andrew Wiley on the right side did an, a great job. And Nick Allegretti, just in his second year from Illinois, did a great job as Physical. well. 
Yeah, He's very physical. physical yeah. And I love his activity. Mm-hmm. He finishes through the echo of the whistle. I played with some great guards, Dave Zott, Will Shields. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about playing through the echo of the whistle, not to the whistle, but you play until <laughs> until the sound of the whistle <laughs> yeah. starts to go down. That's when you finish your block. And that's what I think he's not the best technical guard, but he brings an energy, a youthful energy to that offensive line that I think affects everybody. And you consider the loss of Kalecio Semele, the loss of Mitchell Schwartz, mm-hmm. uh, that can throw things in a little bit of a tailwind. So to face that front and do what they did and accomplish their goal of outrushing the, the Raiders, just face it, the Raiders, when they played in week five versus the Chiefs, was flipped in this game. The mm-hmm. Chiefs played the Raider game from week five, and the Raiders played the Chiefs game from week five. Yeah. They rushed for over 100 yards in week five. We rushed for 105, over 100 yards this game. Yep. Uh, they threw interception. We threw interception in both games. Our defense stepped up, made the stops necessary at the end. Their defense in week five stepped up, made the stops necessarily at the at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. A very impressive football game, and I thought there was a lot to be uh, said, as you've heard us. Uh, special teams did a, a solid job. Defense, when it was necessary to step up, they even though they plays. gave up 364 total yards, we outrushed them. We had two, more passing yards than them. Uh, unfortunately, we had more penalties yeah. than them. Again, another 10 spot in penalties, but uh, overall, I thought the Chiefs really played a solid game, and I saw some really solid things to build on, especially with some of the guys that have been hurt. McCall Hardman hadn't even played practice most of the week, was on the COVID protocol, yep. came in with a clutch slant catch. Yeah, he did. Pretty much his only target of the game. Stepped up, made that catch to keep the drive going at the end to get us that touchdown. Everybody seemed to step up. There's room for improvement, but I thought I was I was impressed. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the 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 key uh the key staff for me, you know, heading to, heading into the game is Andy Reid, uh, Andy Reid coach team is 17 and 3 coming off a of bye week. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of unheard of. You know, yep. coming off a of bye week being that great, you know, being able to come out and and still be consistent uh to still uh, you know, Play well, you know. After sitting out a week, most teams they come back they're real sluggish. They don't come out playing playing the right style of football. They come out and make a ton of mistakes, in which we did yesterday. We made a ton of mistakes. We had a ton of flags, uh, penalties that we have to clean up on. But I think at the end of the, at the end of the day, it came back being able to rush for a hundred yards, which is something that that we wasn't able to do in the previous game. But also just have that balanced attack and make it seem like you know it, it well not make it seem like, but it looked like Mahomes. It it never really feels like he's forced to take over the game. Yeah, and it didn't feel like that yesterday. He wasn't forced to take over the game. He wasn't forced to do anything. I think the way that they called the game and the way that the Raiders were playing them, everything just worked so well. Um, and for them to go out there and get that balance, it it, it was pretty amazing to see. But this game, it was a really, really, truly co- uh, close game. I mean, the only thing that kind of separated. The Chiefs from the Raiders is the Raiders. They went out there and they had those drop footballs. Yeah, they had drop key drops. Three, they had three key drops that I that I seen um, with Aguilar having one. It was on a, a deep, deep ball. ball. It yep. was it was really really it was pretty catchable. Um, and, and he should have had it. And the fullback had two drops in a row. Yep. Now though, when you when you when you talk about having drops from an offensive standpoint, that just kills the motive the the yeah. the, the, the everything the that you yep. built. It kills the momentum absolutely and. 
you know, for for the, for that team to be in those positions, to have that op- those opportunities to make some plays in order to keep that momentum and continue to drive in the football, it, it, it just it, it killed it for him. And that was something that could have potentially changed the way that this game was going. Because I think at that point the Raiders was they were still up by a field goal. Yep. And to have those drops just killed the momentum. And uh, you know the Chiefs they were able to overcome and step up and and you know dry the field in such a short amount of time. Joe, you hit the nail on the head, and one definite topic that I wanted to tackle, and I'm glad you brought it up. But before we get to it, I want to mention again our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Whether that's home ownership, starting a business, or retirement, U.S. Bank can be your place and can help turn it into your next pursuit. Joe, you talked about Andy Reid on the bye week mm-hmm. and his success, 18-3 and three after a bye. Uh, that's not uh, something that's just a coincidence. There's a method to the madness. A lot of fans may wonder, okay, what's the method to the madness? Why? How can you be so successful after a buy? Well, it's about implementing a program within your organization that involves your scouts, involves your assistant coaches, your quality coaches. Everybody that has a brain for football contributes to self-scouting. Yep. And when we're talking from a player's perspective about self-scouting, what does that mean? That means that during the bye week, they actually go back into the lab, look at everything that affects you or has affected you up until that point, your strengths, your weaknesses, what do you have a propensity to do, how you look, some of the things that you don't even realize that you may do on the field that other teams could pick up. I spoke with Dave Tobe last week right before the game, and he mentioned about the bye week and self-scouting. He said, we're able to assess what vulnerabilities we have on special teams, why teams or how teams could possibly exploit those vulnerabilities. Do we look like we can be susceptible to a fake on a punt or a fake on a field goal, and why? And how can we change that so that teams that looked at us in the first nine weeks won't be able to exploit it for the next six weeks uh, of this regular season? That's very important. And it gets down to, dials down to, Joe, when you are at linebacker in the middle, if you're three three yards off the line of scrimmage versus five yards off the line of scrimmage, if you're lined up over the guard versus in between the guard and tackle, Versus, uh, if you are pointing a certain way or if your eyes are in a certain place, do you have a propensity to be blitzing? Are you uh, giving away a tendency? Are you basically for all the poker players out there, mm-hmm. Are you? do you have a tell? Yep. Is there a tell about you that can tip off the, the offense that they can make adjustments? Mm-hmm. Example. For the for most of the first half, and I say most of the game actually, but a large part of the first half, Derek Carr, the Raiders barely huddled. They got to the line of scrimmage. There was about 20 seconds left on the play clock, and he called the plays from the line of scrimmage. Yep. He's calling those plays based on alignments, based on film study, based on tendencies by this Chiefs defense. And guess what? He was able to get them to the point of putting 17 points on the board in the first half. Yep. Steve Spagnuolo is one of the great defensive coordinators that make adjustments at halftime. They scored 14 points in the second half, but it seemed like it was different. It More was. punts in the second half. But part of that is because of the self-scouting during the bye week. The, as far as a receiver, if you line up on the numbers, 
versus outside the numbers. If you line up with your inside foot up versus your outside foot up. If you are break the huddle with a certain cadence, you can tell if it's a run play or a pass play. Yep. As a, I'm a former wide receiver. I know there were times where I broke the huddle and was like, dang, we're running the ball again. <laughs> but then there were times I was like, all right, it's about to be Christmas. We're about to throw the rock. Right. And if you have a different body language, that can be something that scouts can recognize and say, hey, Danon, you know, on the first eight game of the season, you, this is what you did when you lined up on the numbers. This is, what the, this is what the propensity for a run play was when you had your outside foot up because you were going to crack back on a, on a linebacker or a safety. Mm-hmm. So those are, that's where this team, as great as it is, is still coachable. Still coachable. Absolutely. I mean, and you, when you talk about, you know, that self-scouting, a lot of attention during that week is being put towards the weaknesses. Yeah. I mean, we're good at what we're good at. That We know that already. Like, we, we don't want to – we don't need to continue to work on that. Let's work on what we're, where we're weak at. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Coach Reed, that's what that's what he loves to do during the week, and that's something that he's he's encouraging his coaches to look in, to look for, you know, in, in, in their perspective positions – um, to look for whether it's offense, defense, special teams, uh, to try to figure out where they're weak at. And and that's something that they continue to attack day in, day out when it's a bye week. And, and that's what makes – that's what separates the good teams from the great teams is being able to turn your weaknesses into a strength yeah. and being able to continue to have those strength and continue to, you know, be consistent and move forward um, in all aspects of the game, which is something that they've been great in. So one thing I've noticed on special teams – well, I guess it wasn't really much. Um, they, they more so they didn't blitz, they didn't rush when they was on pat when they was on uh, part return. Yeah, they wanted they wanted to figure out what was going on because they've been hit, you know, a few times when it comes to those fakes. Yeah, especially on the especially when you lined up on punt, and that's a self that's a self scouting deal. That's something that's done not just with the players, but it starts with the coaches being able to to just take us just take a step back, remove your ego. Just know that Key point right there. Remove every your single, ego. every single play that you call isn't the isn't the greatest call in the world, Joe. And for listeners out there, imagine how tough it could be on any other team to go in and tell a team that had not lost only lost one game in the last three hundred and seventy days over a full year plus had only lost one game, won the Super Bowl came back three times in the playoffs mm-hmm. plus the Super Bowl to win games to tell them areas that they still need to grow yeah. and get better. And as you mentioned, the ego part, for them to put their ego inside, you say, you know what, even though we've won all that and done all that, I can see where I need to improve on this. Yeah. Somebody walking in there with a golf shirt on and some khakis telling me, Here's what I need to do to improve. Here's what my tendencies are. Here's what I'm telling the defense or the offense or special teams. And me being receptive to it and not feeling like I'm too good. Hey, do you know who I am? Or, you know, we just won the Super Bowl. We haven't lost. We've only lost one game in 370 days. And you're telling me about something. Yeah. The ego has to go aside. And that's the culture that Andy Reid and Brett Veach have created. And I I think they've done just an amazing job because – you can tell some of the points settled in with a lot of these players. Oh yeah, I mean, and and the coaches they they uh you know they 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 take a look at themselves too. Yeah. So it's not just the ego removed from the player standpoint; it's definitely removed from the coach's standpoint because 
you want to feel like every single play that you called is the is the best play and it's going to work and 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 if we do it the right way everything is going to be perfect when really you could be putting your guys in a vulnerable situation that's right and the greatest the greatest thing to me about an Andy Reid coach team is that not only are the players well coached not only do the players take ownership in what they what they do whether it's right or wrong the coaches take ownership in what they do not very many teams have True. that type of that that type of locker room, that type of that type of rapport. Uh, camaraderie, yep. rapport to go out there and just admit when they're wrong. I've heard Andy Reid admit that he was wrong before. Yeah, and when you look at it, you like the head man just sat here and that's told leadership. Me, that's leadership. Yeah, he so, told me he was wrong. Yeah, and I, wow. And, and the thing is, I knew before he said it that he was wrong. Yeah. I just wanted to see if he was going to say it. Or yeah. you don't. Like, a lot of times, as a player, you don't pay attention to it until it starts to boil over. But the 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 integrity and the leadership quality of being able to say, you know what, I I, I put you guys in a bad position. I was wrong in this. I I made these bad decisions. That to me, that gives you more credibility. And I think that's that resonates with this Chiefs team as well. Yeah, and that's why you see everyone from the from a Andy Reid's uh, coaching tree, they go off and they have really, really good careers being head coaches. Yeah. Um, which, you know, EB, he's in line to do that next year. That's going to be fun to watch oh, as man. well. And this Chiefs team is fun to watch. And, yeah, we are now upon the final six games of the season. Three of those games are against NFC op- opponents. Yep. Two of those NFC opponents are very good opponents this week coming up against the Buccaneers. We still have to go down to New Orleans to the Saints. Uh, but I like the position that the Chiefs are in. The Raiders, who they've beaten once, they've split, now have four losses total. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chiefs only have the one loss. Uh, the Broncos and the Chargers are pretty insignificant at this point, although they still have, numbers-wise, a chance to make the playoffs. Yep. As far as winning the AFC West, the Chiefs are still in the front seat of that. Four straight years they've won the AFC West. They're going on their fifth and they're in prime position to do so um, with how they've played up to this point. And they're still growing. There's still room for growth. And they're receptive to the coaching necessary to get to that point. Their focus has been run it back. Yep. And they're looking like they're putting themselves in a, a really good position, barring any injuries, just like anybody. They're putting themselves in a, in a really good position to get to a point to accomplish that. Oh, absolutely. Um I I want I wanted to see how they were going to respond coming off the bye week, and they responded really really well. That shows that they they took the coach and they wouldn't they took care of business. We've been talking about that, but now heading into the later part of the season, I'm very interested in seeing how they're going to respond because I mean the schedule is not going to get any easier. Yeah, I mean you talked about it. They they are playing the NFC South. I mean you know New Orleans they're playing really well. Yep. Taysom Hill, um, stepped yeah, Taysom up at the Hill stepped position. up yesterday in a big way and and played well. And uh, defense they had eight sacks. Yesterday, the Saints. The Saints did nice. Eight sacks. So they're playing. They're playing high level of football right now. So they're going to be playing a good New Orleans team. They're going to be playing, you know, Tom Brady and the, and, and the Buccaneers, which is a very good defensive team as well. A very good defensive team. Although they did get smashed by New Orleans, which goes to show you that New Orleans is great. The Buccaneers are. They're no slouches either. They they can come out. They can they can put points on the board. They can come out and play tough, hard nosed defense. Those are two teams that I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to seeing those games. And um, yeah, man. I mean, you got it's going to be some Brady good football. Patrick Mahomes too. Yeah, I know. Ooh. I know. You go, you you're seeing the 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 man that's been so consistent throughout his entire career play against the young the young the, the young stud, yep. the young gunslinger, the, the 
the the guy that is taking a hold of the NFL. Yes. He is the NFL. He is the face of it. So now you get a chance to see those two those two guys battle it out. Um, but not only that, you get a chance to see a Andy Reid coach team versus a Bruce Arians coach team. Nice. Bruce Arians is a, he's an amazing coach. Oh yeah, very underappreciated. Oh yeah. So I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to seeing just those those two games for sure. But seeing how the Chiefs respond to the rest of the, the, the schedule. Yeah. So for listeners out there, we appreciate you all listening in. As we talked about earlier, this is a very unique players only. Normally we are in studio. Sean Barber is with us. We're able to chop up everything about the previous game as well as the upcoming game. But we are recording this due to the holidays and everybody hopefully has a happy Thanksgiving, but we're recording this on Monday after the chiefs win and we'll be back to normal next week for players only on Thursday nights. Uh, But we appreciate everybody tuning in as well. We hope everyone has a blessed and happy and safe Thanksgiving wear masks, socially distance, be, be smart, be responsible. Uh, I also want to chime in real quick before we end uh, as the Chiefs and Lamar Hunt and even back when I played with Carl Peterson, they established a lot of players being active in the community. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'm probably biased in saying this, but the Chiefs are probably as active or more active in the community than most any other team in the NFL. Not just current Chiefs, but past Chiefs. And I'm part of the Chiefs Ambassadors organization, which is former players that are still working here in the community and doing and attached to the organization and doing things in the community for charitable endeavors. We got guys in the ambassadors that are that played for the Dallas Texans and came to Kansas City <laughs> the Dallas Texans. with the Chiefs when they were back at Municipal Stadium and into Arrowhead and were part of the first Super Bowl. And so we got decades spanning of former players that are active in the community. Well, I am excited because I I was named a 2020 most wanted honoree by Big Brothers Big Sisters, so I'm helping them raise money for a great cause here with the Big Brothers Big Sisters Kansas City. So over the next month, I'll be raising as much money as possible and as I can for Big Brothers Big Sisters. If you'd like to support my campaign, Text Hughes, that's H-U-G-H-E-S. Text Hughes to 44321. Text it to the number 44321. That would be greatly appreciated and goes to an amazing cause with Big Brothers Big Sisters, especially around these holiday times when they're able to take care of kids and families and and, uh, the bigs are able to go hang out with their host families and get clothes and everything necessary, all the needs that maybe we take uh, for granted every single day. There's a lot of people out there, especially during this pandemic and the, and the craziness that's going on in this country. This is when we need to be really thinking about other people and showing our love. So that's just one way to do it as well. And I'm sure there are a whole bunch of others. I see the, the Salvation Army guys mm-hmm. ringing their bells outside of grocery stores and Walmarts and so on. So make sure during this time you're thinking about other people as we just celebrate our, our families, celebrate our health, celebrate a great Chiefs team that is now 9-1 and one and bringing us joy each and every Sunday and some Monday nights as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, and just remember what you're thankful for. 
Yeah. Remember, you know, just, you know, being being thankful to, and especially in this day and age, being healthy, being happy, having family that you're that you're appreciative for, having people by your side that's going to always continue to push you forward in a positive manner. And also, you know, being being thankful that you have the opportunity to change other people's people's lives, whether it's, you know, through something that you can do, whether you're giving away or, um, you know, whether you can just put a smile on someone's face. Be thankful for the opportunity um, that you're able to do that, especially during these tough times right now, which, you know, I'm extremely thankful to be sitting here in the studio with you talking football, Amen. talking life. Um, and to actually be here and, and healthy and alive and everything is, is great. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my family. Um, and I'm thankful for Chiefs Kingdom because these people out here, the fans, you guys shown that you've been – I mean, you've shown that you're the best – you're the cream of the crop when it comes to, to fans for for uh, the, the an athlete's uh, sport. So, yeah, thank you. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We appreciate you guys continuing to root the, to root the Chiefs on. We appreciate everything you do in the community, and let's continue to keep that going. Yep, and Joe appreciates the Leia Center, his Absolutely. business down there. Get some cryotherapy, some massages, uh, saltwater sauna, yeah, right? Yeah. All that good stuff that I've partaken of. My wife and I, we've went down there for a couple's little retreat uh, and got – Everything done down there. They do an amazing job. The massages are incredible as well. So make sure you check out the Leia Center. Joe, I appreciate you, bro. We appreciate Barbershop, even though he's not here. Barbershop. And uh, he's taking the weekend off. He's a diva. We know that. <laughs> and um, But it's Thanksgiving time, so I'm definitely thankful for that, brother. Thank for your bro- brotherhood as well. Yes. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Be responsible. Uh, wear masks. And stay social distance. Let's, let's beat this pandemic the smart and right way, especially during these times. All right, well, for players only, please check back in with us. We'll be back on the air next Thursday after Thanksgiving in our normal time slot. We'll post on radio.com as well, and we'll be hopefully talking about a Chiefs victory against the Buccaneers and then the upcoming opponent after that. So thanks to everybody, and uh, have a great Thanksgiving, and God bless. Go Chiefs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.